Welcome to the March 2021 edition of Transcript Radio. From ODOT's Central Office Communications Team, I'm Mike Lovins, and I'll be your host. This month, we have a civil conversation about the Civil Rights Transportation Symposium. We meet District 6's first female district deputy director and talk some trash about Ohio's litter problem. So let's get this show on the road. First up, from the Division of Opportunity, Diversity, and Inclusion, I talked to Lauren Purdy and Lynn Stevens about the upcoming Civil Rights Transportation Symposium. Lauren is the Deputy Director of ODI, and Lynn serves as Regional Outreach Manager. So first, I want to thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. So well, why don't we, right off the, the, the bat here, Tell us a little bit, what is the Civil Rights Transportation Symposium? Well, the Civil Rights Transportation Symposium is an annual event uh, hosted by ODOT. This year happens to be our fourth. And the event highlights diversity and inclusion in the transportation industry. This year's event is a virtual event, and it's going to include general session speakers, panelists, specific breakout sessions, all highlighting topics such as small and disadvantaged business development, civil rights, regulatory compliance, and workforce development. And the symposium also provides a really great opportunity for leaders from the business community, governmental agencies, and academia to connect with each other, and also to discuss important issues and topics within civil rights. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, uh, um, when the event first started and, and obviously was was in person. I got to go to the first one and it was a it was a really fun event. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing how this one goes. So why is hosting an event like this so important? Yes, well, promoting equality, respecting diversity helps to ensure that people are valued and they have the same access to all opportunities, whatever their difference. Um, our world is becoming more diverse and this is a way for us, ODOT, to recognize our States, our departments, wonderful diversity, our achievements, accomplishments, and just to increase awareness of programs, best practices in the transportation industry and related industries. And also the symposium is a great way to network. Yeah, it's 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 great for not only the business, but uh, the people outside of ODOT to, to kind of see how we're reaching out like that. So um, speaking of which, though, who is the target audience for the symposium? So I think our primary audience includes prime and subcontractors and prime and subconsultants within the heavy highway industry. So this would include DBE firms as well as MBE and edge firms. Also um, community organizations such as the African-American chambers, Hispanic chambers, urban leagues, and other workforce development agencies. We also uh, like to have other state agencies that we partner with at the symposium, such as DAS, ODNR, BWC, other municipalities and other state DOTs. Uh, And of course, we can't forget our own internal ODOT folks who can also get a lot out of attending the symposium. Absolutely. Um, Well, and and speaking of which, then what what can attendees expect to to get out of it? We hope attendees learn more about ODOT's programs and initiatives. Um, if you're a seasoned business doing business with ODOT, we hope to give you updated information um, that will help you 
uh, in your pursuits to continue to do business with ODOT. Um, we also would like to highlight potential resources, resources for attendees. Uh, maybe there could be some future partnerships with the organizations that we will highlight during the symposium. Um, and just hope to pass on information that'll be helpful to um, agencies, community organizations that uh, Lauren just mentioned, as well as our contractors who are doing business. We do hope to also inspire the attendees um, to learn more about a particular topic and um, to see how they can help um, if the desire hits them. So we want to inspire and, and educate as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I remember from, from the year I got to go is that um, there, there seems to each year be a keynote speaker. Um, and uh, so from what I understand this year, it's uh, Joe DeLoss, uh, the owner of Hot Chicken Takeover, which by the way, yum. Um, but uh, why did ODI feel that uh, Joe was a good candidate to address, address this group this year? So we wanted to follow Governor DeWine's lead and focus on those that face obstacles in obtaining employment, such as ex-offenders who need a second chance in life. And Joe DeLoss is the owner of an Ohio-based business, Hot Chicken Takeover. And he's based his business model on recruiting and hiring ex-offenders to work in, the, in his restaurants. And we were especially excited to have Joe speak because he and his business are an example of how you can be both altruistic, but also a successful business owner at the same time. Plus, yes, the chicken is delicious. <laughs> Unfortunately, we if we were to be in person, we were going to have free samples of, I think, uh, banana, the banana pudding, but maybe next year. Maybe you can talk them into some kind of digital coupon or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh so, so that's one of I actually have heard about them, uh, them, them taking that that approach towards hiring, and I, I think that that's a great thing for the community. Um, what are some of the other parts of the symposium that you would like to highlight? Uh, well, great workshops, great, great, great workshops um, for everyone who attends. I'm sure you'll find a workshop that's of interest and, and valuable for you. Um, and we will also hand out awards uh, for eight categories. Um, we have the prime con contractor, subcontractor, prime consultant, subconsultant, uh, director's award, um, and local public agency, transit agency, the business development award. So we will announce winners um, in those categories. We will also announce three scholarship winners of college students who are majoring in construction or a STEM-related field. So they each get $1,000 scholarships. We will have entertainment by Sammy De Leon Band. And this is going to highlight the Latino Hispanic culture. So we'll have some music embedded in there from their band. We will also highlight the World House Choir, and they're a multicultural choir based in Yellow Springs, uh, Ohio. And um, Coretta Scott King is the alma mater of Antioch College, so they work closely with Antioch College, and their music um, it's, it's along the themes of diversity, you know, civil rights, um, equality, freedom. So we would like to highlight them um, through some of their selections. And then we will also highlight the 2019 State of Ohio Martin Luther King Jr. Oratorical Contest winner, uh, Aya Bella. Um, she's a ninth grader within Columbus City Schools. 
Um, so those are just some of the parts of the symposium. Well, it sounds like uh, a nice full uh, full agenda there. So um, well, I guess one of the really important things then is when is this year's symposium? It is April 7th, 8th, and 9th. So that's so that's good. You're not trying to cram all that into uh, to just one day. No. <laughs> um, no. Well, you you mentioned that it's that it's virtual, but where will this year's symposium actually be held? Uh, virtually, yes, online, um, and we'll give the website here. And we are holding them, like Lauren said, seventh, eighth, and ninth. And attendees will be able to, you know, come and go as you um, like. You don't have to stay the whole time not full day. So we just try to be as accommodating of working individuals' schedules. Um, so you have flexibility. Um, again, you can hop on, hop off at your leisure. But um, we do um, hope that everyone will enjoy the time that they're there when they are. Is the web address something that's easy enough to uh, to spurt out here? Being audio, we'd like to make sure people can find that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, ODOT's website, transportation.ohio.gov. Again, transportation.ohio.gov. And you'll see scrolling banners at the top. And one of the first squares you'll see is the Civil Rights Symposium. So you'll be able to click on it right there at the top of the page when you go to transportation.ohio.gov. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so is there a cost to attend the, the symposium? There is. It is only $25. So that's for the whole three days uh, of the symposium. So it's a really, really great value. I guess, uh, you know, lastly, really to get people out there, how can folks register to attend and where can they get more information? I, I assume from the website that you mentioned. Oh, yes. Well, they go to transportation.ohio.gov and you'll click on the Civil Rights Symposium Square, the banner that pops up. And from there, you will get to the actual web page for the symposium. You'll see a big square registration. You click on that and you go step by step through the registration process. Um, you can pay online right there as well, too. But, um, um, yeah, you'll get right to the registration page after you click on that Civil Rights Symposium banner um, at transportation.ohio.gov. And we made it as easy as we could, as few steps as we could. So it, it shouldn't take you longer than a few minutes to get registered. Um, on the registration site, you'll see um, our sponsors or opportunities for sponsorship. So uh, we appreciate our sponsors each year and we will highlight them during the symposium as well. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me today and, and share the details of this important event. Good luck and take care. Great. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you very much. March is Women's History Month, and ODOT is proud of all the women we have here in the offices and in the field. The Loop's Matt Bruning spoke to Lori Duguid, who happens to have the distinction of being the first female deputy director in District 6. So Lori, first of all, thanks for your, some time here. This is sort of talk about, and this is not your first go around with ODOT, right? No, it's not. This is actually my third. Um, I'm thrilled to be back working for the state. Uh, I was in modeling and forecasting at Central Office, so this is my first time at a district. What has been the difference you've noticed between working at Central Office and now working out here in the district? I think really it tends to be we are much closer to people. We are right there on the front lines. We're intersecting with the motorists. We're intersecting with project owners. We're at Central Office. It was a lot more um, 
distance, I guess, where, where it was more abstract, where now we are right there and uh, in touch with the people that we are working for. This has got to be interesting, though. I know typically when you get into a district deputy director or anybody who's really in a new position, you want to get out and meet people. You want to get out, shake hands and introduce yourself. How have you been able to do that with COVID? Right. It's been, a, it's been an incredible challenge. Um, I've been still going out to the district garages, um, but I only recognize people from the eyes up. So either I'm seeing people with a mask covering most of their face or for the folks that are on the work from home status, we've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of Teams calls, but then I've got them just 2D. So it's, it's really um, been a little bit unnerving trying to connect with people. Um, I actually had a, a funny little story when I was at one of the garages um, with our, our labor relations officer. I'd seen her on Teams a number of times we'd never met in person. And uh, she was out there, she walked in, and I had no idea who she was because she walked in with a mask on. And it was when she spoke that I went, I know that voice, that's Regina. So it's been, a, it's been definitely a challenge. Um, but you know, I think like everything else, trying to make it work best we can. Well, and then and, you know, maybe you'll get a chance to do a second introduction when hopefully all of this relaxes a little bit, we get a chance to be out there. But what was it about ODOT? I mean, you say third go around, what was it about ODOT that really said, you know, I, I wanna come back from what I was doing over here to come back to ODOT again? It, for me, it was wanting to do something that actually made a difference and being in that kind of that decision role that really would have a direct impact. Uh, when I was a consultant, I did a lot of really cool projects and we did things that kind of on a larger scale did Im impact people. But I felt that when I was actually at ODOT, I was able to do things that were a lot more um, directly meaningful to improve society. Um, also, it was the people. I mean, the people that I worked with the other two times that I've been here before were just great people. And being able to kind of get back with that group of folks again has been phenomenal. When you look at, I mean, of course, the theme we're doing for the loop this week is, is women in construction, women at ODOT. And you think about yourself, you're the first female district deputy director in District 6. This is a very busy district. It's a very visible district. Uh, as you and I talked on the phone, the governor drives through it every day, the director drives through it every day, the Senate president and the House Speaker and all the, the important people who come in and out of Columbus drive through District 6 every day. So I guess just talk about that, the opportunity to be that first female district deputy director and how important that is. It's, it's really phenomenal to be in this seat. And I honestly, um, every once in a while, I kind of have to pinch myself and say, is, is this real? And um, from day to day, there's so many things that we do here that, like you said, it's, in, it, it's, it's out there for everyone to see and everyone is, is driving through our district. Um, and most of the time, I'm just doing my job. Um, but every once in a while, it does kind of hit that, yeah, I'm the first female that's been in this office. And I think, um, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I know when I was growing up and looking at careers and um, uh, in high school knew I liked math, math and science, be an engineer. Well, what is an engineer? I didn't really know what an engineer did. Um, and my dad was an engineer, so that really seems a little bit uh, counterintuitive. But it, I didn't see people like me in those positions. Um, I didn't know, even going through college, professors were all men. Um, all of my bosses in my internship were men. So it, it, I did not see people like me. So I think it's, it's kind of, um, it's a little daunting to be in this position and know that I'm a role model, possibly to young girls who 
are in that math and science field, such as I have a daughter who's 11 who says she's going to be an engineer. She's also going to be the president, but that's a whole other thing. Um, so, but she doesn't, she doesn't think there's anything she can't do. And, um, you know, so she sees me in this role and it's no big deal. Mom's out there, you know, helping make the highway safe. Um, so I think it, it's, it's kind of daunting, but also at the same time, it's an exciting opportunity. I think it's important though. I mean, you, you tell the story about your daughter and I was actually gonna prompt you to tell me the story about your daughter because we talked about that on the phone. It was, so, it was such a great story though, because I mean, as a, a dad of a two-year-old, I, I want her to have a world where she doesn't think there's a boundary. There's not a glass ceiling. There's no limit to what she can do. It's important for people to see that, especially the younger generation that, yeah, not only can we tell you you can do it, but we can show you we can do it. Exactly, it is so important. And I think the only way we're gonna get to a point that we're all the same is when we see everyone in all of the, all those different characteristics in all those different positions and jobs and things like that. And that's when um, you know, I have a lot of hope in our younger generations because they're not gonna see it as a, a boy career and a girl career that you know, I know I did growing up. Um, there were certainly those careers that you just, if you're a girl, you're going this way, and if you know these other things are, are boy things. Um, and so I think it's so important as we kind of break through those barriers and, um, and through the glass ceiling and, and all of those uh, just to be able to um, kind of uh, uh, encourage the next generation because uh, they're gonna be able to do great things, but we've gotta all be eligible to be in those positions and see ourselves there. Well, those first two stories were filled with positive messages, but now it's time to talk about something that really stinks. Ohio has a litter problem, and ODOT's Highway Beautification Program Administrator Joel Hunt wants to put litter in its place. Well, Joel, thanks very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this is kind of a, a, a problem that I'm surprised that uh, that we're still dealing with here, but are there any particular highways that uh, that you've seen the worst litter buildup? Yeah, we always see more litter on urban interstate off ramps that um, connect with local roads. So, um, you know, when you're on the interstate and you're getting off on, um, you know, like a, a major arterial or, or some sort of a local road, um, when people are parked waiting to do their turn, sometimes they empty their trash or their you know, trash or their um, ashtrays. Um, also, curvy and hilly rural routes, we see a lot of litter because people think they can't be seen. Uh, um, the haul rate, the haul routes that go to landfills are a big problem because people don't cover their load um, when they're going to the dump. And finally, um, homeless camps in urban areas generate a lot of litter, and I'll talk about that more here in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, for, for the people who are doing this on purpose, I, I, I know, you know, the, the people with their trucks and stuff like that, it might not be on, on purpose, but it's still a problem. But there are, you know, as you mentioned, people that are literally dumping their stuff out their window. What kind of fines can Ohioans find for, for doing something like that? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, there's actually been a book published um, that lists all 54 statutes in Ohio Revised Code related to littering and illegal dumping. Um Fines range from about $100 for someone littering from a motor vehicle all the way up to $500 and 60 days in jail for illegal dumping. Um, we don't often think of illegal dumping on highway rights of way being a big problem, 
But um, as I said, homeless camps in urban areas result in biological waste, hazardous waste. Um, You know, people will leave explosive bottled gas that they use to cook with. And well-intentioned people will bring, you know, hot meals to homeless camps um, and styrofoam containers that contribute to loose litter that um, surprisingly our crews have to pick up. Well, and with that, so we're we're still kind of new into into this year, but any idea about how much trash was collected last year from Ohio? Uh, you know, we have data going back two decades, and we're consistently at around four hundred thousand bags of trash each year. And um, with our lane miles, that's um, essentially ten bags of trash per lane mile here in Ohio. Um, but unfortunately, it's common that once the site's cleaned up, it's littered again in just a few days. Wow. Yeah, definitely a problem. Um, so has the pandemic, though, affected the amount of litter that we're seeing in any way for better or worse, just with the, the amount of people that are out there? And how has it affected the cleanup efforts? Yeah. So obviously, with the stay at home orders and school closures and um, a lot of people teleworking, there's been less vehicle miles traveled here in Ohio. Um, over the last 12 months, but surprisingly, we're seeing the same amount of trash. Um, Governor DeWine suspended ODOT's Adopt-A-Highway program, and all of our special event and one-time pickups like the Great American Cleanup um, a year ago to protect the volunteers who pick up about 25,000 bags of trash each year for us. So, um, you know, we also rely heavily on inmates to clean our roads. But unfortunately, nearly all the prisons have been in lockdown to prevent community spread in the prisons of COVID. So we lost um, 10 institutions that collect an average of 150,000 bags of trash for us in a year. Um, And also because we've naturalized our back slopes, um, you know, to help the monarch butterfly and other pollinators. um, Taller vegetation is helping to hide the litter for better or worse. Um, but after the frost and, you know, the winter breakdown of all the vegetation, you start to see that litter. So, um, you know, it's been a horrible winter. There's been snow cover for weeks and weeks that helps hide the litter. But um, just like every spring, this always comes up, um, you know, springtime litter. And, um, you know, we get inundated with complaints and justifiably. Um, so... Basically, right now, we're left with our litter removal contractors um, in Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. There's seven crews that remove litter for us there. And then our HTs. And, you know, um, you know the same HTs that um, pick up litter are the ones who plow our roads and fix our potholes. And you can just imagine where litter um, stacks in the, in the priorities for those um, men and women that do that work. Well, sure. And that probably kind of goes into my next question here, because besides money that comes in from fines and stuff, I, I imagine that uh, litter pickup is costing taxpayers quite a bit. Yeah. And I want to emphasize this, this is a persistent and preventable problem. And the $4 million that we spend every year on litter pickup um, could purchase 28 new snowplow trucks or it could pave a 10-mile, two-long, two-lane um, highway, a 10-mile-long, two-lane highway. So, um, yeah, it's money just thrown out the window. Yeah. So, Ohio drivers, if you're listening, that's your money 
that is being spent to pick up other people's trash. So everybody think about that just for a second. Um, so, you know, I know I've gone out with you uh, at, at least once, but you occasionally go out and pick up litter yourself. What's some of the most unusual things that you found on the side of the road? Well, I mean, let's face it. None of us are really in the habit of throwing away anything meaningful or valuable. So uh, besides the, the diapers and the trucker bombs and um, face masks we've been finding lately, rubber gloves, and, of course, the obvious um, food and beverage containers, um, we've been um, we've been known to find guns, um, you know, byproducts from methamphetamine production. Um, and very rarely we'll find cash, which unfortunately has to go back to ODOT. <laughs> times, so. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, money well spent then, I guess, right? <laughs> or, or earned <laughs> for ODOT. Um, you mentioned the uh, Adopt-A-Highway a little bit ago. What is the highway? Adopt-A-Highway and how does that kind of factor into our litter maintenance? So Adopt-A-Highway is a voluntary program. So um, people adopt highways for a lot of different reasons, whether it's in memorial of someone they've lost um, or if it's just publicity for their small business. I mean, um, volunteer organizations adopt. And so um, it's a two-year commitment, and we ask um, the groups to pick up trash on a two-mile stretch of road or one interchange four times a year. And in exchange, we put up a recognition sign at the beginning and end of their routes. Um, so adopt a highway is a big part of our, uh, litter abatement efforts. Um, as you know, time is money and our volunteers are generous enough to give us about 5,000 hours of their time each year to battle this, um, persistent and preventable problem. But, you know, it's refreshing to know that most people take pride in their community and want to help the state save money. Um, they want to help wildlife and their environment and um, let our crews focus on potholes and guardrail and signage and culverts and all the other things that make our roads safe and smooth. That sounds like a great program. Yeah. So besides just not littering, what else can people do on their own to help fix this problem? Um, They need to educate themselves and others on the health hazards, the crime, the loss of tourism, the reduction in home values, business loss and the environmental impacts of litter. Um, Litter is not just an ODOT problem, it really affects everyone and nobody wants our great state to look trashy. Um, So it's going to take all of us to work together to end end littering once and for all. Actually, those are really good ideas. I I hadn't even thought of those myself, so it's it's good to kind of spread that out there and, and let people know what they can do. So, um, well, Joel, thank you very much for your, your time today. Um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we won't have to spend so much time in the future preaching this message. Yeah. And I'm going to use this opportunity just to put a teaser out there. So, um, folks should be watching for something big, um, come this spring. It's a multi-agency and governor's office effort to, um, do what some other states have done successfully, and that's um, to launch a litter prevention campaign. So we're hopeful that will help um, greatly reduce litter here in Ohio, not just on Ohio's roadways, but in our, um, you know, our parks and um, private property, anywhere that um, we find litter. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. Well, I'll cap that off with uh, 
just mentioning that uh, we just uh, put out a wonderful video that ODOT produced uh, with some of our ODOT folks that are out there working, explaining, you know, their thoughts on, on litter. So keep your eyes out for that as well. It's a great PSA. Of course, ODOT Communications is top notch and they always do great work. And thank you for having me here today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and never miss where these roads take us next. And speaking of roads, please do your part to keep Ohio's roads beautiful, clean, and litter-free. If you have questions, comments, or ideas, email me at michael.lovins at dot.ohio.gov.